Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Rattler Nation. Welcome to this gorgeous Friday morning broadcast of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Paxton Graff, and today I'm joined by my producer, Kobe Jackson, and my co-host, J.P. Flanagan. We have a fun-filled show for you today where we'll talk some Rattler and Bobcat sports, as well as interview a very special guest. So make sure to stay tuned for the entirety of this episode today, because you're really not going to want to miss out on it. Before we get into it, though, let's throw it to J.P. with a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 and Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, and scenic views. Thank you, JP. So uh, let's kick this thing off a little unusual. We typically start with some Rattler football. Let's start off with some Texas State volleyball. And the reason why is because this weekend, there's one word on their mind, and that is revenge. This weekend, they will be playing against the South Alabama Jaguars. And folks, I don't know if y'all are familiar from last year, but South Alabama is the one that prevented Texas State from winning their fourth straight conference championship. And so I think uh, I think that meme of Michael Jordan saying, and I took that personally, I think that is their motive going into this week's game against the South Alabama Jaguars. Now that game will be tonight at 6 p.m. and tomorrow at 2 p.m. And you can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Unfortunately, it is actually in Alabama, so us as KTSW will not be calling that game. But like I said, you can watch it on ESPN+. Plus Tonight at 6 p.m. and tomorrow actually at 1 p.m. Excuse me, I said 2 Uh, But the last time, like I said, these two teams played against each other. South Alabama won three sets to zero over Texas State in the conference championship game last year. And guys, you know, obviously that means something to this team. What do you think that that gives them the little extra push they need to win this game? Well, I mean, it is a conference series again. And to be honest with you, the way like we've been talking about all year, this volleyball team has been very consistent, very comforting. And, you know, and this is the the deal breaker for them to possibly, you know, tie uh, or actually take advantage in the Sunbelt Conference because they're both seven and one on conf- uh, in conference play. So this is a really big matchup for the volleyball team. So but I mean, like we said, uh, you know, we've been talking about them all year, their chemistry, you know, their 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 main gameplay and their connection with each other, especially in the coaching staff. It's been nothing short of greatness. So it's another conference matchup. But honestly, to them, it's just another opponent. I don't think they're even thinking about, hey, we can take lead into the Sunbelt Conference, taking it into, you know, for the remainder of the season or possibly into tournament play. So but honestly, I think that's their mindset at this moment. But, you know, for them, I believe it's just, you know, another conference opponent. Yeah. And as you guys mentioned, um, both these teams are sitting atop the uh, Sunbelt West right now. And I, I think both these teams have admirations of winning the Sunbelt and getting closer to that tournament and, you know, really putting on a showing. Um, Texas State, unfortunately, is f- five games in a row uh, win streak right now. It's the perfect time to see South Alabama. Um, I'm always a big fan of, like, when you aren't expecting something to be a big matchup, but it becomes a big matchup. Like, at the beginning of the year, I think South Alabama started the season 6-6, six and six, and now they're 7-1 and one in conference play, and now this is has some more meaning to it. And same with Texas State. kind of started slow, 8-4, and four, and 
and now we're seeing 15 and five and uh, some bigger implications. And but like you said, Kobe, I think it's just another game. You can't really like focus on who you're playing. I know South Alabama has had their fortunes in the past, but um, you really just got to take this game by game. And with eight games left in the season, I think uh, you're in a good spot to win the Sun Belt. Yeah, and one more and one thing I do want to point out is that South Alabama has momentum coming into the series because their last uh, tournament or last weekend series that they played was against Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and they did pretty well. The, the first set was a you know three game set, a three game set, three game sweep for the first for the first game, and then you know that Friday game was three to one. So they're coming in big momentum. Uh, coming into this weekend but you know it's it's a big time matchup for both of these teams both of them will have you know claim and if somehow both of them do tie then they'll still be tied in conference but I know as Bobcat fans they want you know the Bobcats to obviously you know win in some sort of fashion where if it's a sweep or if it's possibly a five game set no matter how you take it but uh it's another it's going to be a really awesome weekend for Texas State Volleyball it definitely will. And going on their conference record, both teams enter this matchup seven and one. So this is the battle of who's going to go eight and two or nine and one for that matter. So it is a big game coming this weekend. And again, if you can't go out to it, which it is in Alabama, so that's a little bit of a drive. But if you can't go out to it, make sure to tune into ESPN Plus tonight at 6 p.m. and tomorrow at 1 p.m. But let's switch motives. Let's switch gears, I mean, to uh, <laughs> Texas State soccer. Now, I don't know if y'all saw that game last night, but uh, they got demolished by the Jaguars. And honestly, that was kind of a shocker right there because the Jaguars came into this game ranked third in the West Division, and Texas State was ranked number one in the West Division. Now they have flipped. Now it is South Alabama's ranked number one. Texas State is ranked number three just off last night's game. And so that was really, like I said, kind of an upset loss to South Alabama. I don't, I don't know. What what did y'all see last night's game? Um, well, from last night, to be honest with you, it was like Paxton, like you said, it was kind of surprising, you know, because, you know, we talk about the soccer team, how, you know, they've been really consistent. I know, you know, having just a few losses kind of kind of hurts their momentum a little bit. But this loss is surprising considering the fact that it's, you know, another it's a conference game and they were five and they were five and one and one in conference. So uh, they dropped they dropped a pretty big one uh, here as uh, yesterday. But I mean. One loss, you could, it's like almost, it's almost like baseball in losses, like between like baseball and soccer. It's one of those things where like it happens, you know, it, you know, they're on a really hot winning streak and then all of a sudden they drop one. That's no, that's honestly really no big deal. But the only reason why this is really big is because they got two games left in conference. So before the conference tournament. So at, at this point in time in the season, you guys really need to, you know, build momentum, uh, even though, you know, for them to get demolished, you know, three nothing, that's kind of really stunning. I thought maybe they at least put, you know, maybe one goal or two goals on the board just to keep it just to keep it close. But, you know, for them to, you know, to drop uh, one game for them to drop a game like that, that's that's pretty surprising. No, yeah, as you mentioned, um, I, I really think it's kind of a momentum shift because now you have to get yourself kind of re reevaluated and like how how do we put our best foot forward for the ne next two games? Because obviously three three to zero versus uh, South Alabama isn't something you're going to be like super amped about the next day. So how does this team kind of get back on track and um, how do they like reevaluate their goal? Because obviously same goal, uh, win the Sun Belt Championship. And with two games left, I think it's definitely manageable. Um, Marshall, who is a team that's kind of struggling in conference right now, I think they're one, four and two. And then also App State, who isn't atop the 
atop the West Division right now, but definitely a team to look out for because obviously they have implications with the tournament and whatnot. So um, how do we re- how do we get our uh, momentum back going into like the last two games of the season is really what they need to be looking forward to. Yeah, and when I'm actually when I'm looking at I'm looking at this boss score. If you uh, really look at it, South Alabama took way more shots than Texas State did. Texas State only took four shots the whole game. South Alabama only had 13. So mm-hmm. there's kind of really the difference maker. Texas Day won on saves, and then both uh, Texas Day and South Alabama were both tied for fa- uh, for uh, corner kicks. And then Texas Day uh, had more fouls also. So that kind of really kind of tells the story of this game and not trying to, you know, not getting anything and stuff. Plus, uh, there was also a red card that was being thrown, thrown also from what I'm from one of them looking at. So uh, maybe it's just one of those nights where like things were just going away, and then there there was frustrations and just just the steam was just not you know clicking on all cylinders. So, but you know they have another chance to redeem themselves this Sunday uh, against Marshall, one of the newer teams that officially joined the Sun Belt this past uh, this past year. So uh, let's see if they can you know they can bounce back this weekend. And you said it perfectly. They took way uh, uh, South Alabama took way more shots at the goal, and while Texas State only took four, and it's kind of like the famous quote: "You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take." And I mean, they, the the fact that they only took four shots, it's kind of like they're second guessing themselves, really. But you know, moving on from that game, next next game this coming Sunday will be against the Marshall Thundering Herd. It'll be the first time the Bobcats and the Thundering Herd will play on the soccer field, and that will be in Huntington, West Virginia at 12 p.m. So make sure to tune into that. It will be on ESPN+. Plus Again, that is this Sunday at 12 p.m. But guys, let's switch it to the gridiron field now. Tonight, the San Marcos Rattlers will be taking on the Judson Rockets at 7.30 p.m. They're in Converse at Rutledge Stadium. Myself and Kyle Owen will be on the call right around that 7.15 mark, so make sure to tune into that if you can't make it. But uh, guys, this is a this is a pretty big game. Not only for district wise, district standing wise, with San Marcos currently fourth, Judson is currently second in district standings. This is also really a big game because I don't know if y'all know this, but Judson's head coach right now is San Marcos' previous head coach and Mark Soto. So you, I don't know, I don't know specifically. Uh, you know, uh, I know that the seniors right now were freshmen when he was last year. I don't know if they had a good relationship with him or anything like that. I will say, though, they want to avenge Coach Walsh right now. They want to show that they are the better team without Coach Soto. They are a much better team, and that's what their main motive is going tonight, as well as winning a district play. I, uh, what, do, what do you all have to say about that? So, you know, I was on the call with you know Kyle last week, uh, last week when uh, San Marcos High School played uh, Steel, so – you know, there was a lot of misconnections, especially on the defensive side of the ball, because defensively first half was just game plummeled by Cibolo uh, Steel's offense, especially their wide receiver core, uh, wide receiver and running back core. But this is a totally different week. And, you know, Judson is one of those teams where it's a hit or miss. It's it, it their dominance shows on the field. But this year it's been totally different because Cibolo Steel has been the main powerhouse that we're used to seeing uh, this year. But going into this game, I strongly believe that uh that Jaden Brown and Jacob Rodriguez Schultz is going to be probably the main difference of this game because of, you know, the way that they've been playing all year and the running game has been so strong for them uh, in the year. But I would love to see hopefully the, the passing game start flowing. Uh, Isaiah Daniel is known to put, you know, footballs in the, you know, in the right spots, especially, uh, especially when he has time in the pocket. So uh, this is a good, this will be a true tough test 
for this uh, San Marcos Rattlers football team? Yeah, um, this is not necessarily like a must win, but I think if you're kind of wanting to gain any sort of momentum or kind of like any sort of success, it, it's got to start with Judson and uh, same record, same kind of feel. Um, so this is really a game you got to take advantage of and, and show what you got because after that that homecoming game where you kind of blew a 19-point lead, um, things have kind of been sluggish. I mean, you, you see last week versus Steele at 49-14, not, not another thing to be proud of, but... Uh, I mean, I'm looking at this schedule right now, and I'm from San Antonio, and these teams right here are not anything to slouch on. Like Clemens, a good team. Steele, a really good team. Judson, another big powerhouse. Uh, not a San Antonio team, but New Braunfels next week, another yeah. 6A school. And then East Central, another scary one to not really, like, you don't want really count on a win there. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if you can't get tonight's win, I mean, you're going to really need to win out. So, um, yeah, I think it really starts with Judson and really showing what you got. Well, I think that this is really the first time that San Marcos has been in a district in the past couple years, at least, where finally they have those three, those uh, three, the second and third and fourth spot of district just wide open because the past few years, it's just been Westlake and Lake Travis had the first two clinch pretty much. And then they had to try to fit in those last two spots. And it was always a dog battle between them and Bowie and uh, Buda Hayes and stuff like that. This year, it's really, you've got three spots now open. Cibolo Spiel, obviously, they're they're pretty much bound to win the district, bound to go deep in the playoffs. But those other three spots, they're wide open right now. So this is definitely a big game for the Rattlers, as well as next week with New Braunfels. So definitely make sure to tune in tonight. If you can't go all the way to Converse, I understand. So make sure to tune in tonight at KTSW 89.9, where myself and Kyle Lowen will be on the call right around 7.15. But folks, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because right after, we have a very special interview that we want you all to listen to. So make sure to tune in, stay tuned in, but we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to KTSW 89.9. And welcome back to this gorgeous Friday morning edition of Bobcat Radio, where we're now going to talk some Texas State football. But to help us with that, we have a very special guest. Today, we're going to have special guest and David Eckert, who is a sports reporter for Southern Miss Golden Eagles, who the Texas State Bobcats will be playing this weekend at 4 p.m. at Bobcat Stadium. So make sure to go to that if you aren't in the area Or if you're not going to the game but are in the area, make sure to tune in to KTSW 89.9 here right around the 315 mark where our very own Jeff Gandy and Clint Shields are going to be on the call. But if you are going to that game, remember, guys, it is homecoming weekend, and the theme this year is throwbacks. So make sure to wear some throwback gear if you have any of it. It's Southwest Texas State weekend. A lot of alumni are coming back. We've got the throwback helmets. We've got everything. It's going to be a jam-packed weekend. And But let's get ready to uh, interview David. And David, are you are you there? I'm here, guys. Awesome. Well, this is David Eckert. He's a reporter for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. And David, you know, we're glad to have you. Uh, thank you for coming in today. Yeah, guys, I'm, I'm happy to be on. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, let's just go ahead and get into it. You know, uh, first question is, you know, in your opinion, what position group do you think is the best right now, the quote-unquote best for the Golden Eagles right now? You know, they've been struggling a little bit offensively, but defensively, I mean, they have held their ground pretty much all season long. What do you think that best position group is? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I think that the easiest answer is probably their defensive line, which is composed of mostly transfers that they brought in this offseason. Their pass rush has been really good. Um, 
they have a really, I guess he's technically a linebacker, but he's most pretty much their designated pass rusher. So I'll, I'll throw him into the defensive line group, and that's Dominic Quiwan, who has um, six sacks in six games. He pretty much, I mean, he plays like one out of every four snaps too. So he's just a really excellent, efficient pass rusher. Um, really disruptive defense, and it starts with them. Um, the other group that I would bring up is the wide receivers because they have a ton of talent at wide receiver. Um, you know, guys like Jason Brownlee, who, you know, I would probably expect to get a cup of coffee in the NFL. Jacarius Caston, Ty Mims, really shifty slot guys. Um, really, really a ton of talent at wide receiver, a ton of depth as well. The problem is that they don't really have the platform to get them the ball right now. Um, their quarterback play hasn't been very good. And, you know, the, the, the offensive line hasn't been great either. So for, for what for what will impact the game in Saturday on Saturday, I, I would have to go with the defensive line, but keep an eye out for the wide receivers too. Hey, David. Um, I got a chance to kind of look into Southern Miss a little bit more this morning. And, and like you had mentioned with the quarterback room, um, a lot of quarterbacks have kind of uh, th- thrown some passes this year. And I was wondering, like, if you had any idea of, like, uh, maybe who, who might be that guy going forward? Is there anyone kind of catching your eye a little bit? Um, is there anyone Southern Miss fans kind of are, are rooting for? Or is there no one in that room just yet who you're comfortable with uh, week by week? Well, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a journey at quarterback, to say the least. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of Zach Wilkie um, on Saturday. So uh, Zach Wilkie's a freshman. He's very talented. Um, he's a little bit prone to make mistakes right now. And, you know, there, there's a ton of reasons for that. Um, the biggest reason, in my opinion, is, again, offensive line is not very good. Um, so I, I think he'll start. Um, you know, they, they, they brought uh, Jake Lang, who's a former walk-on in, um, to, to lead their comeback against Arkansas State last week. He was, he was okay. Um, he was kind of that steady hand. So if things go south, you might see some of him. But plan A at this point is definitely Zach Wilkie. Hey David, um, I just kind of want to uh, kind of recap you on last week's game that they that uh, that Southern Miss played against Arkansas State. Uh, they got the win, but it was a barely win between uh, between Arkansas State. The score was twenty to nineteen. So I kind of want to get your insight. Like, what do you think the difference would be from, you know, from last week's game after you know a tough win to versus this week's game? Are we, do you think we're going to see maybe a little more offense, possibly you know better defense? Like, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, um, I would expect them to take measures to cut the turnovers down, right? Um, Southern Miss, if Southern Miss doesn't turn the ball over, there are very few games on their schedule that Southern Miss is going to lose. The problem is they turn the ball over a ton. So, um, you know, six, six turnovers in their last two games, um, that's, that's why that Arkansas State game was as close as it was. Um, they're going to do some some creative things, I think, um, to uh, to try to cut those down. Um, and if they're able to, you know, I I think I think they're gonna they're they're gonna have a good shot. If they're not, I could see them getting blown out. That's kind of where they are right now. Um, if they can avoid making those having those self inflicted mistakes, um, you know, their defense is outstanding. Their defense is really really good. Probably one of the three or four best in the Sun Belt, in my opinion. Um, so if they can just lean on that and not hurt themselves on offense, they're in a really good spot. 
that hasn't been easy for them though. Yeah, and I got one more question for you. Uh, there's there's been you know t- I know your record you know the record on the year is three and three. So you know po- there is possibilities for you guys to you know pocket you know possibly have bowl eligibility if you guys you know start you know winning uh, and being more consistent. So I just kind of want to know is there do you, at, after this game whether it's a win or loss do you think it would be more uh, do you think they'll have a lot more confidence uh, possibly you know being bowl eligible for uh, for y'all season this year? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a good question. It's, it's, I think that because of the youth on offense, mainly with Zach Wilkie, who's a true freshman, I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, I do think that they are going to get better as the year goes along. Right. Um, if they are going to get to that bowl eligibility mark, I, I think this is one that they probably have to have, right. They got to go to coastal Carolina still, um, they get Georgia State, uh, South Alabama, and Louisiana at home. None of those are easy. Um, you know, they got to go to Louisiana Monroe. So, I mean, I, I, it feels like this is one they have to have to get there, to be honest. Um, I do think that they can get there. Uh, I don't think it's a sure thing. Um, the, the, the way that they play football, and I kind of wrote, wrote about this a little bit this week, like this is going to be a gross football game because every football game that Southern Miss plays has been disgusting. And I'm talking just defensive battle mistakes. Like the defense forces a ton of mistakes. The offense makes a ton of mistakes. So um, I'm expecting that this weekend. And I expect that in every single game that they play throughout the season. That's just what this is going to be. So with, with that being said, I mean, it feels like every game on their schedule is a coin flip, right guys. It's just like, it, it, I don't feel like, this season is going to go one way or another. It's like you're going to go into every individual game and say, okay, can we do what it takes to grind this out? Cause that's how they have to win football games. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with them both this week. And I guess moving forward. Well, David, we appreciate you taking the time to come and join us on our show. And, you know, we love the insight that you gave us. Thank you again for coming. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Anytime. And ladies and gentlemen, that was David Eckert, who is the reporter for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Now, if y'all didn't hear me say it before, I'm going to remind y'all this Saturday, tomorrow at 4 p.m., the Texas State Bobcats will be hosting the Southern Miss Golden Eagles at 4 p.m. It is homecoming weekend, so it's going to be a big crowd. I know President Danfis and uh, our athletic director, Cornell, they're really trying to get a lot of fans to come. And so far from Twitter, Facebook, everything, uh, it looks like this is going to be a pretty big game. So make sure to go to it. But if you don't have the time, if you aren't going to be able to make it in person, make sure to tune in here on KTSW 89.9 at right around the 315 mark where our very own Jeff Gandy and Clint Shields will be on the call. So that is tomorrow night, 4 p.m., aren't able to make it tune into here at 3 15 p.m well that is it for all the local sports now let's go to a little bit more national sports and you know typically on friday mornings we talk college football we talk nfl but there's really two big sports that really are kind of at the one of them's at the climax of their season and one of them's at the beginning stages of their season and that is the mlb and the nba so let's start with the mlb kobe we know, we know you're probably really excited right now based on these yes. last two nights with the Astros and Yankees. But, uh, you know, I just I just want to know, 
What what is your ideal World Series matchup right now? Well, right now, uh, this is this is tough because these are two teams who I'm I'm mostly towards uh, the NL, uh, the National League. I wasn't expecting the Phillies. I, w- I wasn't expecting the Phillies to make it. I was expecting the Padres to make it because they were going to beat the Dodgers anyway, regardless. <laughs> um, but for the Phillies to knock off the Braves, the defending World Series champions, was a history-making moment for the franchise. But the way this series is going so far, I mean, after what I saw game uh, from Game 2 with the Padres, it to me, this is leaning towards a Padres-Astros World Series. And to be honest with you, I think this will probably be one of the most interesting World Series if that does happen because I'm an Astros fan. We got a lot of you know Astros fans on this KTSW staff, sports staff, and then obviously we got that one. Padres fan with you know Joey so but I mean to be honest there will be just a lot of bragging rights in that but I mean that's where I'm leaning towards too but the Astros have been just clicking on cylinders man it's it's unbelievable you know Framber Valdez an excellent job yesterday only even though only giving up those two runs that that he gave up but Alex Bregman with that monster three-run homer yesterday I mean this Astros team is just insanity to, to me they have better structure than the yankees currently can't yankees have just all star power at the moment but you know the astros they just they're just solid all across the board yeah i honestly agree with you with that choice um i i just think the padres have more firepower than the phillies and honestly the phillies weren't even expected to really be in this position so I, i'm just going to go ahead and say padres but to switch it over to like the yankees and astros game watching it last night i really didn't think the astros felt uncomfortable like at no. any point in that game like the ninth inning came around and they had their reliever in and it, it was like he knew what he was doing and and there was no nothing that could change that like the like the outcome of that game and really you didn't feel uncomfortable at all and, and that's something like you need in a good team and hopefully this team gets to like the world series and gets to show that um obviously this is like a rematch of like the i feel what was it 2019 or 2018 when they won the ship and they beat uh, the Yankees. 2017 yeah, yeah 2017 so uh, the yankees have a lot to fight for still i don't think this is like an end game series like but uh i mean yeah i think the astros are in a comfortable position to like uh, win this series but also get to the championship and be like okay well if we play the Phillies, we got a really good chance. If we play the Padres, we, we still got a pretty good chance. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to say Padres-Astros on this one. You know, you were talking about how the Yankees, they really just, they had the star power. And then the Astros, I mean, they just play better overall. It mm-hmm. kind of reminds me, and this leads us to our next segment, kind of reminds me of the NBA. It's kind of like the Golden State Warriors versus the Nets. <laughs> and what I mean by that is the Nets, they obviously have the star power. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben, quote unquote, Simmons, <laughs> if he wants to show up. But uh, they have the star power. They just don't have the chemistry yet. Whereas the Warriors, man, they've been cooking for years. Plus, they've got young talent now with Jordan Poole and all that. They they are the way better overall team. That's kind of what this Astros and uh, Yankees matchup is kind of look like. But like I said, let us let that lead to our next segment, which is the NBA. It is officially NBA season. And guys, I just want to know, I'm going to start off first because I'm afraid y'all are going to take this team. I want to know what the team is that y'all are excited to look forward to watching this year. And that is going to be my hometown, Dallas Mavericks. I am loving these Mavericks now. I didn't love the turnout or the, <laughs> the outcome of the other night's game. I don't know how we gave up that lead, but we did. And the fact that we gave it up to Devin Booker and the Suns just... Uh, that's that's supposed to be an easy win for us. Come on, but uh, we uh, we just let go of that. But it's only the first game, 
and honestly, it looked like a really good game. I mean, Luca and Christian Wood were going off, and Christian Wood we picked up over the offseason from the Rockets, and I think we were talking about it on Claws to the Wall this week. That is really what our missing link was from last year. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have that uh, really good big, big man. man yeah. I mean, Dwight Powell's been good the past few years, but he hasn't been like all-star caliber type and we had Porzingis, but he obviously had his injury issues. Mm-hmm. Now, Christian Wood, I think he has the potential to be an all-star. And, I mean, he showed it the other night against the Suns. I mean, he had, uh, I believe, 22, 25 points, somewhere around there. I mean, he he was being dominant. Luka now finally has someone to kind of pass the rock to a little bit, to rely on a little bit more. So I'm looking forward to the Mavs this year. Yeah, and honestly, I we I mentioned the Mavs earlier uh, when we were doing the podcast this past week, but there's another team in the West who I'm really highly on interested in seeing, and that is the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, I you this no, I wasn't. No, no, no. <laughs> I knew your face was probably going to change once I said Los Angeles, but um, no, nah, this Clippers team. After I saw them beat the Lakers last night, I mean, this Clippers team is on cruise control, having Kawhi Leonard back and obviously, you know, uh, Paul George and then at, adding John Wall to your mm-hmm. roster. I mean, this is a really talented Clippers team. So, and obviously Tyron Lue, you know, back in on the coaching staff. So, I mean, but this Clippers team, I mean, we were, I was pleasantly surprised of how well they played against uh, LeBron James and the Lakers last night. But if honestly, if they keep going, if they keep going, because they've been known as the franchise who hasn't really gone you know, far in the playoffs, uh, like closest they gotten was the Western semis. But as far as like, you know, possibly NBA finals and uh, Western Conference championship, it's been just that close. And they're right there. Honestly, the Clippers are a team to watch this year. Yeah, I, I know you said team to be excited for. Um, I'm kind of change it up because I'm going to use this in a different sense. Like, I'm excited for the Spurs to finally lose and get the number one pick this year. <laughs> I like. I know a lot of people are talking about the Jazz and the Rockets and the Spurs, and but the Jazz they played really well against the Nuggets, and I think they have a lot of star power. Like Colin Sexton's not going to fall over and just lose. Laurie Markkinen's not not going to do the same. I genuinely think the Spurs don't have anything remotely close to that. So like, I'm, I'm rooting for the Spurs to get the number one pick finally, and I think this Victor Wembanyama guy can really like put us 10 years in the future and kind of get us back in the playoffs so i'm excited for the spurs to lose interesting take right there but guys that was that that was it for our sports talk segment i mean wonderful wonderful insight right there i i'm excited this is the perfect time of the year you've got football you've got the climax like i said of baseball you've got the beginning of NBA, uh, you've got hockey. If you're interested in hockey, I know oh, we yeah. don't talk about hockey that much, but it is an exciting time. You've got college football, man, you've got so much. So it is exciting time of the year. So make sure to tune into any game you want this weekend. They're all going to be broadcasted on some station that you can watch. But that is going to end our sports talk for this episode. But don't go anywhere because Kobe Jackson is going to have our weather report. Now, I know y'all are probably wondering. How much longer is it going to be cold or when is it going to be hot again? And he's got the answer for you. Kobe, what is it? (laughs) So as of right now, it is 74 degrees outside. It's supposed to get a high up to 88 degrees. It was a low of 55 this morning. And then over the weekend, Saturday is a low of 62 with a high of 91 degrees. And then Sunday to wrap up the weekend, it will be a low of 66 and a high of 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. And then on that following Monday, we're supposed to have a 60% chance of rain coming so you know hopes and prayers we get some rain some more rain before the cold season starts but yeah. other than that a really nice weekend for uh for some texas state football texas state action yes it sounds like a beautiful weekend and yes we are definitely praying for that rain because we need some 
But anyway, folks, that is going to wrap up this episode of Bobcat Radio. In case y'all didn't hear it earlier tonight, we will be calling the San Marcos High School game at around the 7.15 mark is when we'll be starting. That will be against the Judson Rockets. Myself and Kyle Owen will be on the call. And tomorrow, uh, in case you can't make it to homecoming night for the Bobcats, we will be calling the game right here on KTSW 89.9 at around the 3.15 mark. Uh, 45 minutes prior to kickoff with our very own Clint Shields and Jeff Gandy on the call. So make sure to tune in to both of those games if you aren't able to make it. But guys, that is unfortunately all the time we have for this episode. But if you really enjoyed it and you want to continue listening to anything Bobcat and Rattler related, make sure to tune in to next Monday's episode of Bobcat Radio. Now, if you enjoyed this as well, tune in or... uh, excuse me, follow us on KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, really any any social media account you can think of, we're on there. And lastly, make sure to also listen to our weekly podcast of Claws to the Wall. You can stream it on Spotify, SoundCloud, really about any other area that you can listen to music. Now, if you can't make it out to tonight's San Marcos High School game or tomorrow's Texas game, Texas State game, no need to worry because KTSW will have you covered for both games. Just tune into 89.9 and enjoy the excitement of the game from the comfort of wherever you are. For Kobe Jackson, JP Flanagan, I'm Paxton Graff, and thank you for listening to this edition of Bobcat Radio. Now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.